you know, we're in Easter and Passover and uh, I've seen a lot of people nationally worried about, well, I can't attend the service and that it's not the service you attend, but the service you give to others that's important. So make sure your family's taken care of, make sure that elderly neighbor who can't get out to the grocery store gets their groceries, make sure we get our kids fed. Uh, if somebody's a little down and they need a little bit of encouragement, work on those things. And as we as West Virginians and Mountaineers do that and not worry about the service we think we should have attended, uh, I, think, uh, I think the good Lord's going to look down on us and say, hey, uh, I- I'm, I'm happy with those folks. They got it together. From Grafton, West Virginia, this is the Living Unleashed podcast. Hi, and welcome to Living Unleashed. I'm your host, Alex Runneman. This is a production growing out of my passion for identifying, questioning, and addressing the many challenges I face as an entrepreneur, father, and as a resident of my small Appalachian hometown. From community revitalization to work and business to health and everything in between, join me as we discuss the challenges, but most importantly, search for solutions that may assist you in your quest to unleash yourself and your community. Hello, I'm Alex Renham with Unleashed Tiger. I'm here with Major James or Major General James A. Hoyer, the Adjutant General of West Virginia. General, thanks for coming on the program. Absolutely. Glad to be with you. I know you've got a gazillion things going on in your schedule, and so I'm really grateful you took you took the time to chat with us. Um, I I know things are, are have been really frenetic, and but we've kind of maybe settled in a little bit in terms of guidelines and regulations. Are there anything you'd want to highlight in regard to COVID-19? And I know some counties have maybe some more more guidelines or, or restrictions or regulations than others, but can you highlight a little bit just generally what we're asking the citizens of West Virginia to do right now? Yeah, so I think it's important to understand that we're trying to give as much flexibility to folks as we can while understanding that the governor, the team that's supporting him with the technical expertise didn't take lightly any of this. Uh, If you look at how we're trending based on the, the demographic of the vulnerability of our population, which, you know, several national studies show we have probably per capita the most vulnerable population but based on the things we're doing we're trending really well we don't want to get into position like some of these major cities are going to see and and other hot spots around the uh the country so what i would say is i'd ask citizens of the state of west virginia to be patient with us to 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 heed the guidelines to do the things we're asking them to do We're doing this in the best interest of protecting the population of the state of West Virginia. And I know it's confusing at times and, and, uh, you know, a pandemic by its nature is going to be confusing, particularly when it's a worldwide pandemic event. So I just ask people when you have a question, ask questions, ask your local health department, send a message to us on our guard page uh, through you, ask questions and, and, and we'll try to get people uh, as much information as we possibly can. Yeah, it's it's a really good point. You talk, we've all seen the clips of of maybe a football player running down the field to a touchdown and celebrating a little too early and dropping the ball before he gets to the end zone. You know, we're doing well. Uh, boy, I'd hate to take to drop the ball early. You know, uh, Dr. Clay Marsh uses the uh, the same football analogy, and he says, "Hey, we're up by two touchdowns, and it's almost the end of the first quarter." <laughs> but people need to understand that if you go back and look at the history of pandemics and 1918 and you look at those two major flu events that occurred uh, in the 50s and throughout uh, the I think the 70s if we let our foot off the gas and we don't understand culturally 
we're going to have to change some things. Uh, we could be in an even worse spike, as we've seen in some countries where it came back in the second wave, it actually spiked even higher than it did in the first wave. That's a really good point. Are there any rumors or, or misunderstandings that are really kind of common that you'd like to set straight now while we've got you on the line? Yeah, one of them is there, there are groups out there on the internet that like to float this idea of the, of the Stafford Act is being invoked, and it means that the guard's going to go into this law enforcement role. Understand that every time there's a federal emergency declaration, the Stafford Act is in place. So that's, that's a misnomer. And number, number two, the most important job that the Guard can do right now in West Virginia and nationally is those support roles to other agencies. And the other thing I tell folks is I've got a lot of confidence in West Virginians that they're always going to do the right thing. So I don't think there's going to be any need for the National Guard to be out on the streets and enforcing curfews and things like that. Uh, our, they respect our law enforcement officers in the state and they respect what people are saying. And West Virginians right now, I'd say 95 or better percent of the state of West Virginia is doing great work and doing the right things. We've got some folks that we all need to influence uh, peer pressure and, and we'll be just fine. So uh, let, let's get that out of the way and let's don't think about that. We don't need it in West Virginia. And, and we've got the guard doing really important missions to, to make sure we beat this threat. Yeah, I say it all the time. There's one thing West Virginians do is take care of each other. And uh, here's, here's the, one of the best examples in any of our lifetimes where we can really do that uh, every day to our neighbors. Um, you know, to the point you made about the, the guard's role, and, and, and I don't mean this in disrespect, but you guys are almost like West Virginia's duct tape. It's like, oh, yeah, we, need, we have a problem. Let's fix it. Let's call in the guard. Let's call in the guard. And so when I look at the role going on right now, I mean, obviously floods and those things, and, but, but right now you guys are everywhere. So can you just share a little bit about what role the Guard is playing in, in our response to this pandemic? Yes, yeah, so logistics support, and, and we're focused on uh, that piece and getting PPE and being innovative, and we're going to start making our own PPE because there's not just a national shortage. There's a global shortage of PPE. Right. So we're going to try to be innovative, and, and maybe as we get what we need and make what we need, maybe we can help supply other people and create new opportunities for West Virginia. So we're doing that, that logistics piece, what we call stabilization of population, which is helping make sure the, the kids that need the uh, food uh, related to those who are on free lunch and free breakfast, uh, our seniors are getting fed, supporting our food banks and the volunteer organizations, active in disaster, the group we call VOAD, doing the, those food boxes for people who were vulnerable before and now people because of processing unemployment claims and those things like that need to be done. Uh, data analytics, helping with epidemiology and the data piece. It's gonna be really important, particularly in this next phase of this, that we have good epidemiology, good testing, good data analytics. I, I tell my folks, it's just, like, it's just like on the battlefield, the folks and the generals with the best intelligence are the ones that are gonna win the war. So that piece of it as well. And, and then just the overall operational support. If you look nationally and internationally, public health organizations were not designed to do large scale disaster response. So we have to go in with our skill set and help operationalize agencies that didn't do it before. 
And then if you look at that other piece, like you talked about that duct tape piece, going in and helping workforce surge in capacity, but at the same time, our uh, technology folks, the West Virginia Office of Technology, the IT folks at Workforce next week are gonna be beta testing new technology that will not only help us get through this, but will make Workforce more efficient going forward after this is over with. So we have a principle in our organization, it's manage challenges and turn them into opportunities. And that's what we as West Virginia have to do in this event. And then we can be even bigger, better, and smarter coming out of this thing. Yeah, I, lo I love the way you put that. I mean, there's no sense to let any good challenge go to waste. Let's turn it into some efficiencies. And hey, um, let's talk a little bit about I mean, the, the guards always getting questions about what you guys are doing. But I have a question. How? How? how why is the guard so uniquely built to, to be this for us as, as a state? So it goes back to, or I put it back to uh, my predecessor and my mentor, uh, one of my mentors, General Alan Tackett. In 1996, when I was working at the state legislature, brought a group of people together, and we went to the legislature and said, hey, if you want a state-of-the-art capable military organization in a state that doesn't even have a full-time military base, give the National Guard tuition reimbursement from certificates through a master's degree, and we'll build you the most effective force that you've ever seen. And we, over the years, have used that to educate our folks. And then you think 85% of our force are, are true citizen soldiers, meaning they have other civilian jobs and careers. Uh, the young major that's leading our effort to make sure we have the right PPE supply chain piece is the head of supply distribution for Mylan Pharmaceutical, a worldwide pharmaceutical company. And I could give you 100 or 200 different examples of this guy or this girl came from this. Uh, the guy leading the public health support effort is a medical doctor who ran emergency department and has a master's in public health. So those are the kind of people that are coming to this fight and, and, and bringing not just their military skills and their discipline and their military bearing, but all those civilian skills that come with it. Yeah, it's, it's a truly unique organization. By the way, in 96, I was one of those recipients of that tuition assistance. So thank you for, uh, for driving all that through. So that, that, that makes my day. That's a great good news story <laughs> because it, it, it's, it, it goes past the organization yeah. into the broader state of West Virginia and making us better as a state going forward. It does. It does indeed. Hey, l let's talk a little bit about the, so there's lots happening. You guys are doing a lot of great things. What, what's frustrating you most in this, in your mission at this point? Oh, I think obviously right now PPE and trying to figure that out and, and we're going to do some really innovative things in the state and the, and the fact that we as a nation just weren't prepared for this. So it's a little frustrating from that perspective. Uh, you know, every day uh, I come in here and my job is to run interference for all those smart people I just talked about. <laughs> and, you know, the bureaucracy sometimes still gets the best of us. Well, we can't do this because of this regulation. Well, we're in a state of emergency, folks, so let's just figure out how to get past it. So, so I think those are the two things probably uh, most frustrating right now. But it's great to see all the innovation, all the agencies working together. It's great to see West Virginians stepping up and taking care of each other. 
Yeah. I, so it, it, a couple of folks had asked, you know, you're talking about things, you know, maybe be frustrating. I know we, we just, uh, the, the, the regulation or, or the legislation designed to just pass, open up another challenge Academy of the things the national guard does. That's certainly up high on the list in terms of value to the community. Um, I know it's not maybe top of the line right now as you guys are working, but several folks reach in to ask us, what's the plans with that? Will we still be moving forward with the second uh, challenge Academy? They're still moving forward with the second challenge Academy. Well, while we're balancing all this, uh, remember, we've got 900 guardsmen deployed uh, overseas. We've got guardsmen who were preparing to deploy for other missions. We've got Challenge Academy. And here's another good news piece about Challenge Academy. The 157 kids who were, are in the current class who are at home right now because of the pandemic, we're talking to those students every day. And we're keeping engaged with them, uh, as well as 450 uh, future leaders cadets in our program that we're doing that's our equivalent of a junior ROTC. Those kids are being talked to about three times a week. We're, we're pushing out training videos to our challenge kids. So we're going to have to have the second challenge because coming forward with this, uh, we may have to use that second challenge academy to get this group graduated and get the next one started to stay on time. So a lot of moving parts and still taking care of soldiers and families who are overseas, as well as uh, the other things that are going on. Makes sense. You mentioned the PPE is a challenge. What, and, and obviously there's, there's some folks and maybe some companies who can help with that and are, I'm sure. Uh, but what, what can you ask of the average citizen or maybe a small business owner, retirees, who, how can they help if they're sitting at home and, you know, idle hands, they think maybe I can do something, but they don't know how to engage. Is, is there any way for them to engage and say, Here, here's how they can help? Yeah. If, if you've got an idea that you think is innovative, push it through you or other folks to us and, and let us know. We found a company in Marion County that's going to be able to sew 500 masks a day of this Gore-Tex and cotton mask that we developed that's actually more effective than a surgical mask. And we're going to try to build as many of those as we can. We've got folks from Community and Technical College and the State Department of Education that are building 3D masks for us and we're working on finalizing a seal for that. And with the filter, we think we'll meet the equivalency of an N95 mask. So wow. if you got an innovative idea or you've got something, we've got this group called the Mask Army that's out sewing masks. And we're pushing them material. And we're going to try to get ourselves to – our goal is to get to 2,500 masks a day. And we'll keep building that supply chain out. So if you've got an innovative idea – don't think it's crazy. Let us, let us look at it and we'll see if we can use it to help. I'll tell you, you, you never ask for these kind of events, but growing up, I used to think the greatest generation and the World War II effort and those things, you know, would, would we ever be able to rise up to that level and you see these kind of things happen? It's really encouraging for, for, for me anyway. Um, you know, I mean, people just, just step up. Um, I know a lot of the questions to you are about the effort and the challenges and all those things, but how are you doing, man? I mean, what are things that you're doing to, to, to make sure you're healthy and, and well and, and keep going? So uh, trying to keep on some kind of PT schedule and keep <laughs> that opportunity to clear my head and keep focused. Uh, <clears throat> I tell you that I'm like everybody else in this organization. Uh, I've got a wife at home who's an emergency room nurse by trade and now a nursing instructor. 
And her primary responsibility is to keep me focused, keep my head straight and make sure uh, I stay uh, healthy. So those families behind all these people are exceptionally important and they're sacrificing a lot. And we got to remember the 900 families of those deployed folks, as well as the 585 who are on duty now. So, so you, you use that, uh, that family focus and I'm lucky my wife's been through this a lot and she knows uh, how to keep me straight and, and when I might be pushing a little too hard and, and, and where to dial back. Nice. It's good. It's good. You ever, <laughs> it's hard to do sometimes. Um, I, I have a, just a question in general, and you mentioned, you know, we'll, we'll take this opportunity to improve going forward. What, and I always just like, what are some silver linings? What are, what are some positives? I mean, it's a horrible pandemic. It's killing people. Obviously it's shut down economies around the world, but what are some positives that we can take from this thing? So I, I think we're going to see some unique things come out of what we're doing with PPE that will make us a national leader you know, if you've heard before of this uh, initiative, we, the Guard, West Virginia University and Commerce and others were working called uh, uh, Virgin Hyperloop One, the high-speed train concept. We're still in competition for that right now. So coming out of this, uh, I think we'll be more innovative. We'll be more coalesced as a community of West Virginians taking care of each other and uh, I think that will make us better as a state. And if we're smart, we'll position ourselves. And, uh, you know, I told the folks in the staff meeting this morning, uh, uh, one of the things I wanted to leave folks with, and, and one of my doctors, John Wiles, helped me kind of summarize this. Uh, you know, we're in Easter and Passover, and uh, I've seen a lot of people nationally worried about, well, I can't attend the service and that. Uh, and John helped me summarize this, and I told the folks in the meeting today, it's not the service you attend, but the service you give to others that's important. So make sure your family's taken care of. Make sure that elderly neighbor who can't get out to the grocery store gets their groceries. Make sure we get our kids fed. Uh, if somebody's a little down and they need a little bit of encouragement, work on those things. And as we as West Virginians, and Mountaineers do that and not worry about the service we think we should have attended. Uh, I think, uh, I think the good Lord's going to look down on us and say, Hey, uh, I, I'm, I'm happy with those folks. They got it together. That's well said. Major general James A. Hoyer, West Virginia adjutant general. Thank you for one, taking time out of your schedule, come and talk to us, but two, for you, the whole team, everybody in your organization and beyond who are stepping it up really, really big right now in a time where we, we I, you know, in my lifetime, we've never needed you more. So thank you and, and good luck. And, uh, you know, if you've got anything else you, you need from us in the public, you know, certainly get the word out and they're responding and, and I'm really appreciative of it. So thank it's you. Good to hear you use that tuition reimbursement and thanks for your service <laughs> and thanks for the service you're providing on getting information out to folks. We greatly appreciate it. Absolutely. Thanks. Take care. Right. Thanks.